welcome back to another episode of maybe not two dudes with some balls if we have jordan ross on for the third straight week maybe trace amigos con huevos or just dudes with balls at this point sounds even better dudes with balls right dudes with <laughs> balls <laughs> anyways at this point we can go and look at the super bowl but we don't have to because pro bowl weekend the best weekend of all playoffs comes first but i think we're gonna look at nfl honors of the year following the conference championship this weekend and as much as i want to say uh i i beat you both i was severely wrong as the rams came back and i don't want to you know i don't like to single out one player but if you intercept that ball tart man we'd be having a different conversation today along with that eli apple can, you're going to cost yourself a Super Bowl win because what goes around comes around. Ask Brittany Matthews on social media. But let's get into today's Trace Amigos Con Juevos. I like the way that sounds more. Anyways, how are we feeling today, boys? Booth, let's start with you. How are you today? I'm feeling good. Didn't know we're going to get a Spanish lesson from you, but that's I hope what's up. Our Hispanic listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed this little edition of this theme night. <laughs> Jordan, how are you, my man? I'm doing good. Happy to be back again. What what a what a game. Uh, what games this weekend did we have? Uh, I mean, think about that pick that you just brought up. If Tart makes that catch, we're probably saying the same thing that we're saying today about Jimmy Garoppolo, except we're saying about Matthew Stafford. So correct. Great correct. games this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, your your ride of Jimmy G had Come to uh, the breaks. The, the team yeah, of the destiny. Breaks. The team of destiny stopped. I told you, just like the Titans last year. And the Titans were up big on the Chiefs last year right. with a chance to run it, and they didn't. Right. And they lost that game. So I have a weird, a weird conspiracy theory, and we, you know, I gave one last weekend, and Booth mentioned it as a joke. But, but it seems like the team that's in the media the most seems to, whether it's for like football reasons or not, seems to lose. Like the Steelers in the first round, it was all about is this Big Ben's last game? Big Ben, Big Ben. And boom, Steelers lose. And then that divisional round, it was kind of like Aaron Rodgers thing against the 49ers again and how he handles them and how they should have drafted him. And then, boom, Aaron Rodgers loses. And then Brittany Matthews decides to just pour champagne on people. And somehow the Chiefs get karma and lose. And and the thing with Mina Kimes and 49ers fans coming at her and Jeff Garcia and the 49ers lose. So now we're looking at the Super Bowl here in two weeks and Eli Apple can't stay off of Twitter. So as, as great as the Bengals run has been, man, I got to go with the, the karma and you're the team in the media and how you're handling it comes full circle. Uh, I'm, I'm early saying I'm gonna pick the Rams. Not even just Eli Apple. I mean, look at what social media has been doing since midday yesterday with Joe Burrow. He's got about 18 Joe nicknames Shiesty. right now. I think my favorite one right now is Joe Burr with, yeah. the, with the little ice cold emoji at the end Big of it because he's so cold. <laughs> yeah. He makes too much money for those diamonds to be fake. It's true. He's iced out. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go into NFL honors. We will give you full coverage on everything you need to know Rams Bengals a week from today. But let's start talking about these awards and where do we want to start? Jacob Booth, pick the award you'd like to start with today. I'm going to get the boring pick out of the way for myself. And that is your 2021-2022 MVP is Aaron Rodgers. 37 touchdowns, four picks. It's just, you got to give it to him. I, I don't really have much to say. I don't like the guy. I don't want him to win. So, but got to give it to him. That 37 touchdown to four interception ratio ratio is insane. Well, can't argue stats, but you can sometimes. Ross, agree, disagree. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think 
just to err on the side of controversy, I, I'm going to say my MVP this year was Jonathan Taylor. Now, I know the Colts didn't make the playoffs, but he had 20 touchdowns total. Uh, he had almost 2,200 total yards of scrimmage this year. He had over 370 total touches this year. That's behind five and a half yards of carry, 106 and a half yards a game. If the Colts would have beaten the Jaguars in week 18, we might have been having a conversation similar to what we just have been having the last couple of weeks with the 49ers. Unfortunately, couldn't win that game, so they didn't make the playoffs. But there was a stretch there at the last few last six or seven weeks when the Colts got hot where you did not want to face the Colts. Their mm-hmm. defense was lighting it up, and Jonathan Taylor was running on everyone. I think throw away the quarterback stats. You know, I think Rodgers had a great year. Brady had a great year. You could even make a case for Cooper Cup. The Colts might have won four games with Carson Wentz if Jonathan Taylor wasn't in the backfield. Sure. <laughs> That's great. I got a good laugh from Booth there, which is hard to get. But, <laughs> you know, I like – I did not think this would be the one that we all three would see different sides on, but I'm going to go – and I'm, I'm going to say this, man, in sports, we talk about beautiful things and we talk about notable or memorable things and most important things. And, and the triple crown is really important. Look at Secretariat, maybe the only horse everyone in sports knows the name of. Look at Miguel Cabrera when he won the MVP, when he set the triple crown in hitting. Well, look at this guy, Cooper Cup, triple cup and all, or not triple cup. Maybe he wears three cups. That hammer he's got because of how great he plays just lets it hang. Probably shouldn't say that, but this is what we talk about on dudes with some balls, man. Uh, led every receiving category, was the triple crown winner in that, you know, 145 receptions, 16 touchdowns, uh, 1,947 yards during the regular season. He's my MVP, and that we all have different picks, and all three of them make perfect sense. I like the Jonathan Taylor little dark horse pick, I didn't see that one coming, so I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, since I said Cooper Cup, I feel like maybe we're, we're all three, maybe on the same on this one for offensive player of the year. I guess maybe you're different with the Taylor but yeah my yeah my offensive player of the year was Cooper Cup I think that's the other thing that I kind of lean with Jonathan Taylor on is it's such a passing league nowadays that it's easier I think for a receiver to really run up the stat sheet Um, especially for a guy like Cup great route runner Mm -hmm. Stafford loves getting the ball like 145 receptions he probably I don't know this for a fact but I guess he had somewhere around 200 freaking targets this year with Stafford he also had Robert Woods go out. Close. It took a while before they got OBJ back into the mix. So, um, you know, he was kind of the main guy there for obviously most of the year. But he was my offensive player of the year, just to make something a little bit different than my MVP, nice. uh, which I leaned with Jonathan Taylor. So That's fair. Ruth, agree, disagree? Uh, I'll agree. I'll make it easy. Triple crown gets you an OPOY. Hey, oh, that was kind of bars, man. That was nice. But to be uh, to go back on your, pot, your, your thought, words Jordan he did have 191 target attempts during the regular season so yeah and you said it uh Stafford has kind of tunnel vision for him and the text you sent me this weekend so I agree with that he does but, oh my goodness I watched so many games this year where I'm like is Stafford does he even look at any other player on the team like the first pick he threw in the red zone to start the game where was he throwing that ball like I understand Cooper Cup's reliable but my goodness like <laughs> if they're if they're covering him like that in the red zone someone else is asking Oh, it's totally true. There was – maybe we'll talk about that in a different – next week's podcast. There was a lot of drops in that game that could have affected so many outcomes in that NFC Championship game. But uh, sticking on awards, uh, since we went offense player of the year, I think I'd like to go defense player of the year, and I would want someone to say their pick first. I'll start us off this time. I'll go with 
TJ Watt, and I have one stat to back it up, 22 okay. and a half sacks, tying Michael Strahan sack record. In reality, you could probably say that he really should be the only one that has that record, mm-hmm. considering Brett Favre just laid down for Strahan when he when he when he set the sack record back in the day. Yeah. Um, but TJ Watt, he didn't even play in all, every single game. I think he missed two or three games on the season. He left one very early in the game with an injury. So TJ Watt, slam dunk. I like that, Booth. Yeah, and I think that's uh, the most impressive part of it is he did it in 15 games. If you if you count the one he left early, that's just right. uh, unreal production in the games he did play. I don't know if you guys really remember this really quick, that there was a moment in the season where he was getting criticized for his lack of production in terms of rushing the passer. And Big Ben had a like a press conference about it, or he was asked about it, and just like he's the best, like don't worry about it kind of thing. And he showed it. And Brett Favre didn't lay down because you know he he wears those copper fit braces, so he knew he was about to get hurt. So that answers your question for Strahan. <laughs> but he also wears Levi jeans, so he works hard. So, anyways, <laughs> let's go to defensive rookie of the year. And I got Micah Parsons on this one. I think he is the workhorse and the key to almost build around on that defense for the Dallas Cowboys going forward. I like where the Cowboys are at. I think they're in a good position. And if they keep Mike McCarty, who I wasn't high on originally, I think they're in a good position still. I like Dallas. I like Mike Parsons. I think he earned that one. Not a, not a hot take there. Got to agree. I, I don't even know who else is in the discussion. It's just Micah Parsons. Pat? I, yeah, I agree hundred percent too, with both of you guys, 30 quarterback hits this year. That's, that's pretty insane. For a rookie, I think the most impressive part of him this season is there's guys that, and you can see this at all levels of sports in general, but especially the NFL, making that jump from college football to the NFL, the speed of the game is obviously a lot quicker, a lot faster. He's one of those guys that they put him straight into the lineup and he almost looks like he's the reason that the NFL is that much faster. Like he looks like he's playing at a different speed, even, you know, compared to the other players in the league. Um he could be, I don't like being that guy one year in, but he could be one of the next like generational defensive talents that we see. It's definitely going to go on that level too and say the same thing. He's up there with, you know, could be as talked about as praised about as like Aaron Donald within a few years, honestly, he's that good. So the Cowboys are in a really good spot and they hit on that draft pick, of course, um, offensive rookie of the year. I feel like it's not really a debate either, but Jordan, let's just let's just hear what you have to say because this is the award that Booth was really, uh, really, really big on. So what do you got? All right, my offensive rookie of the year is going to be Jamar Chase. Okay. <laughs> I got so this is actually some of the more impressive stats to me. So he had 81 interceptions, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for a rookie, obviously. Um, but in general, you look at a guy like Cup who had over 60, almost 65 more receptions than him. But with that being said, Jamar Chase had almost 1,500 total, uh, 1,500 yards receiving, and he averaged 18 yards per catch. That is unheard of. Yeah, all pro is rookie year too. Impressive, of course. And he's gritty into the Super Bowl, you know, as they say. <laughs> Booth was saying if you picked Mac Jones, you were gonna, you know, that's just a terrible pick, and you deserve to never have well, a not team. not you specifically, yeah, but just, in, just in, general. in general, yeah. And there's there's someone out there saying he he deserves it, of course. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of that. I got Kellen Mond winning this award now. <laughs> Mike Zimmer seems to love him, even though he's not there anymore. In Trey Lance, he 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 played four <laughs> offensive plays this year and had two touchdowns. Dog, he was hyped. Day eh? early in the game, man, what a great teammate Trey Lance is. I saw Jimmy Garoppolo made a pretty good pass. I can't remember to who it was. First down, Trey Lance was jumping like a little kid. So teammate of the year, Trey Lance. Teammate rookie of the year, Trey Lance. Let's go on to. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, we've really hit all of them. Is I mean, that what is that what you guys had? 
Oh yeah, without a doubt. I feel like yeah. that was one of the only like unquestionable ones. I... It's it's crazy. Like sometimes watching him, I forget he's a rookie. He's that good. Just yeah. to make top five maybe at his position. If not, he's at least top ten. Just yeah. unreal. Unreal. Well, what's crazy too is I don't know if you guys remember, but he had all those problems in the preseason with the drops. He everyone. And basically, and then he basically was like. I can't see the ball as well because it doesn't have the white stripes like <laughs> yeah. the college football. I mean, he comes out and sets like every single rookie record. Like, I remember thinking of him like, and we'll probably have this conversation, I'm sure, at some point with the receiver coming out next year and the rookie, the rookie draft for fantasy mm-hmm. football or something like that. I remember thinking like, man, I'm staying away from that guy. If he's not catching the ball in the preseason, he's got too much pressure on him. Mm-hmm. What an idiot he made me look like. He fell so late in so many fantasy draft boards just because of that quote. And that he even went on to say that quote was so taken out of context. Like he was just saying it's different. <laughs> That's all it was. That was awesome. He deked everyone. Greatest deke of the year goes to Jamar Chase. And, um, you know, obviously good luck to him, even though he you should have your own award show. You're just making up awards at this point. <laughs> yeah. Deke of the year, deke offensive the... rookie teammate of the year. Yeah, my awards are cooler. These are getting the little guys involved. Even though Jamar Chase is one of the biggest names in football at the moment. <laughs> Come back. I got an award. Up. What? Oh, go ahead. Let's no, no, come no, back no, then. no. We're on the talk. We're on the, this is your I was going to say, I, I was going to say, let's go with coach of the year because I think we might have, oh, yeah, may have one or two answers for this, but I'm interested to see what you guys have to say. What do you guys got for coach of the year? I got Pete Carroll, just the way he bounced back late in the season. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I got, I got Zach Taylor. I think I tried to look at some of the other names, Mike Variable. You know, I even was considering Matt LaFleur. You know, just some bigger names, but Zach, Zach Taylor, just what he did with the Bengals is undeniably incredible, especially with how much criticism that front office and him got during the draft taking chase, right. As we just talked about and just inheriting that team and flipping it around with Joey B and that whole Bengals defense has become great and he's going to Super Bowl, rightfully so. I think he deserves coach of the year. She got booth. Yeah, I got the same before the season, the Jaguars and the Bengals had the same odds to win the Super Bowl and the Bengals are headed there and the Jaguars are, had the first pick in the draft, I believe. So just to, no one believed in them and to end up in the Super Bowl is just, even if they don't win it, it's just a great story. So I got to go Cincinnati Bengals, Zach Taylor. Best grinder coach of the year goes to Urban Meyer. See, see, that was my pick. I mean, the win grinder of the year. Uh, no, coach. Of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I mean, I think, I, I think you can make the case for both of them. I think Vrabel, being the first uh the first seed in the AFC with Ryan Tannehill's as his quarterback is an insane accomplishment <laughs> but that being said they also play the Texans and the Jaguars twice a year and the Colts also have Carson Wentz so I'm not trying to hate not you trying hate to talk Carson about another Wentz. man not trying to talk about another man's job if I had to lean one way or the other Zach Taylor Burrow coming off the injury and I'm sure that's going to be brought up in the next segment mm-hmm. uh leading them winning that division they were the only team in that division plus plus points on the year so every other team in that division was minus points in terms of points against so and now they're in the super bowl obviously that's not getting evaluated in terms of who wins this award but right it's all pretty much regular season based but it, i feel like it kind of does since the awards aren't announced till thursday before the super bowl or whatever it is so i mean yeah you know i think a little playoff magic might in, implement the reason you win and i think even maybe in this one with joe burrow winning comeback player of the year is my pick i mean i think i'd go as far as saying the week like 14 or 15 i would have had dak prescott winning this award you know maybe even nick bosa i'd i'd actually currently rank nick bosa to be my second favorite pick to win this award but i had dak prescott for most of the season then joe burrow had that like 525 yard passing game followed up by close to another 500 yard passing game and then winning the afc north with the Bengals, and now where he is going into the super bowl it's without a doubt comeback player of the year joe shiesty 
What you got, Jordan? Yeah, I have Joe Burr as well. <laughs> Joe Burr. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Yeah, he's he's playing in the Super Bowl. I know, like we just said, it doesn't really matter in terms of who wins that award. I think you hit it the head on the nail there, Nick, saying that it would have been Dak Prescott most of the year, and then Joe Burrow just came out of absolutely nowhere. And now I don't even think it's going to be very close. I'd imagine that I wouldn't be surprised if it was close to unanimous. Right. I agree. Booth? Yeah, my, my thought process was along the same lines. I, I want to give it to Dak Prescott, but it seems like we're just picking the Bengals for most of these awards now. So I'll, I'll go with uh, Joe Burrow as well. It's so great. There's, there's a couple of things I want to mention before we, we get off this. It's cool that that happens in sports, that stories like this happen in sports. It's cool that no one picked the Bengals. Even the top analysts in the world didn't pick the Bengals, right? But I saw this tweet the other day, and it was like, the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Where else does this happen but football? Like, what a sport. And in my mind, I'm like, that is not the case. Like, that is not just football, right? The Atlanta Braves, this is going to hurt to you a little bit, Jordan, being an Astros fan. I mean, the Atlanta Braves won 83 games in the postseason and wouldn't have made the playoffs in any other division, any other wild card than the NL East last year, and they somehow went on to win the World Series. Like, these things happen all the time. Ohio State was a four seed with, uh, you know, this is football, but it's not NFL football. It was a four seed in the college football playoffs with a third-string quarterback and won a college football playoff. The, the Suns weren't even in the playoffs uh, for the NBA two years ago, and then were in the finals last year. Like, these things just happen in sports. It's not just, you know, football. I don't want to, you know, sports are incredible. So that's my emphasis on you. Watch sports. Let me piggyback on that as well. And I had actually ventured to say that that is the complete opposite of a take that I would agree with because if you actually think – no, I'm, I mean from the from – the <laughs> how crazy is it? How crazy is it? How crazy is it that it only happens in football? Look, we talked about this last week, and I saw a stat again. This is the first time in 19 years that the Super Bowl won't have either the 49ers, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, or Peyton Manning. The right. first time in 19 years. So it doesn't happen as often as mm-hmm. people might right. think in football. It's actually very rarely happens. And uh, we're going to start seeing it more and more. And we've been talking about in the last few weeks, the general generational quarterbacks, they're going to be lining back up and we're going to be seeing the same guys in the Super Bowl, same two or three guys in the AFC probably for the next 10, 15 years. I was going to say, it's when you bring up the generational quarterbacks thing, it's weird that like we're talking about the next wave of quarterbacks. And it feels like all four of them who are potential. I mean, we know Burrow now proved that he's in that category with Mahomes and Allen. And then the other one that gets thrown around is, is Justin Herbert. Wait, there's no quarterback in the NFC right now that seems to be getting this attention. So I feel like, especially what happens with Rodgers too, the NFC could be very wide open because I don't think Kyler Murray's the next generational talent. So there, that's yeah, with- just something to watch what happens on the NFC side versus the AFC side. Yeah, especially with Rodgers, if he goes to Denver or somewhere like that in the AFC with Brady, rumors of him potentially retiring. Rodgers needs to go to the barbershop, but that's a whole different topic. You're still hating, man. (laughs) I am just a hater. John Wick. I am a hater as well. (laughs) I like Aaron Rodgers. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. There's something I do and don't like about him, but hey, that's a a topic for another time. If you're not hated, you know, you're uh, not doing something right. If you're hated, you are doing something right. You know, there's there's one other thing that's not important to the podcast, but I said it on a podcast before, and I feel like it needs to be addressed if you care at all about what I've said, which is probably very little people who care at all. Uh, I was I was very happy when Trey Flowers was cut from the Seattle Seahawks, and, and Trey Flowers has been, you know, praised a little bit for his special teams play. I think he did pretty good against Travis Kelsey, and he, he's even, like, talking, 
you know, talking a little bit of his stuff, saying, you know, the 12s are happy they got what they wanted. And a lot of these Seahawks fans are acting, they're saying they're happy for him. What's the congrats to him? Sometimes it's an athlete doesn't work out in a team, in a situation, in a spot. I have no remorse for what I've said for him on the Seahawks. He was terrible. He cost us so many games. And so any Seahawks fan trying to save their ass with Trey Flowers saying we always loved you, that is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. He sucked. Congrats to him for being good in Cincinnati. But as a Seahawks fan, we did not want him. He was terrible. And uh, that's my rant for the night. Good luck to him. I hope he gets a ring. If we're going to do rants, can I go ahead and uh, go off real quick? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, I just want you to know that I didn't forget. The Texans had the 24 to nothing win at Arrowhead, and we got cursed. So now we pass that curse on to you, Chiefs fans. Lit, that 21 weird. to 3 loss is going to be what you think about for the next 10 to 15 years when Mahomes <laughs> never makes it back. And you guys have being cursed. <laughs> and you guys can't even field the team because Mahomes is your entire salary. There we go. There's my rant. I love it. Booth, anything you got to go? I hope you, you can't sleep well either. You can't. Brittany, Brittany's probably yelling. Sorry. I, I don't. I don't have a rant, but I hope. I hope Brett hears that. That's my. <laughs> hey. Um. Well, I know we got a little sidetracked at the end, but really stay focused on the one topic of NFL honors. Glad you listened to us today on Two Dudes with Some Balls. As always, great to be hosted and joined alongside with Jacob Booth and Jordan Ross. Thank you for listening to Hispanic Night of Trace Amigos Con Huevos, or as we like to maybe call it now, Dudes with Some Balls. Appreciate y'all and have a good night. <laughs>